Welcome back to episode 94 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of game week seven. As expected, there was a fair amount of rotation in the game, particularly uh, expected as there was less rotation than I expected in game week six in midweek before. Clean sheets were easier to come by this game week with Everton, Liverpool, Newcastle, Crystal Palace and Wolves all keeping their opponents out. Though how the Merseyside derby or game at St James's Park finished nil-nil, I don't know. There was a combination of uh, goalkeeping heroics and poor finishing that probably explains that. Elsewhere, Bournemouth managed their second win of the season with an impressive 3-2 victory, having been 2-0 down at half-time. They're now on seven points despite shipping 18 goals from their opening six matches. The worst defence in the league in real terms, but it's Forrest who they beat who slightly lead the way with their expected goals against with fellow newly promoted side Fulham nestled between them, meaning all three are relatively fair game to target if you're looking for attacking returns. Spurs beat Fulham, Wolves beat Southampton, Brentford beat Leeds with an Ivan Tony hat-trick amongst the seven goals in that game. Chelsea narrowly beat West Ham, but we'll have to mention them again in a minute, uh, thanks to a dodgy VAR decision. And Villa managed to grind a much-needed point at home to champions Manchester City. And obviously the biggest footballing news this week has been that Chelsea sacked their manager Thomas Tuchel following their away defeat to Dinamo Zagreb in the Champions League. It was a surprise to me. Um, I've been joking on our WhatsApp group for a while that Tuchel would be leaving very soon and I think given the change of ownership and the change of infrastructure at Chelsea I think many fans assumed that uh, we wouldn't be seeing the usual Henry VIII style manager changes that we've had under Roman Abramovich. I'm recording this on Thursday morning and it seems as though Graham Potter is likely to be appointed imminently um, and will likely take charge of their match at the weekend against Fulham and I think given how we've seen Brighton set up over the past couple of years Um, and how impressive they've been, particularly in recent months, it seems like a reasonably sensible appointment from Chelsea. I don't imagine we'll see too many changes to how their 11 is looking, though tactically I'm sure he will be looking to tweak a few things, but I imagine they will still stick with uh, a back three, just given the makeup of their squad that's been assembled um, over the the summer and over the past year or two. So for now, I don't think that uh, that changes too much for an FPL point of view. Again, it's always better, I think, to to hold on and wait and see how things develop. There is likely to be one or two faces that end up making way eventually, um, and there may be a couple of peripheral players that we haven't been considering who Potter will start to favour, but only time will tell. From what I can tell so far from the midweek Champions League games, there don't seem to have been any major new injury news. Um, I think the only injuries really are to the Liverpool defenders' pride. Um, I am recording this, as I mentioned, on Thursday the 8th of September, so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then, and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Nathan Aki, Kieran Trippier, Sinestera and Armando Brozier. So let's get into it. So a quick look at waiver watch. The main players transferred in in the last waiver window were Newman Paqueta for West Ham, McAllister for Brighton, Isaac, Alvarez, Gordon and Diogo Dallo for United. And the main players that made way were Rodrigo, who's obviously injured, Bruno Gomarez, who's injured, Danny Welbeck, Mabumo, Scamaccia and Danny Ings, surprisingly. 
Now, looking down the fixture list, um, I was basically going to highlight particularly uh, the teams playing the newly promoted sides, as I alluded to earlier. But obviously, one of them is Chelsea away to Fulham. I probably would expect Chelsea to get a decent result there with a bit of a new manager bounce, but it's unlikely to be any of their main FPL options in the waiver pile. Um, Brighton, who obviously Potter is leaving her away at Bournemouth, who knows how they're going to react to that. I mean, the squad has been purring lately, so I would assume whoever's taking over as temporary manager is just going to say, carry on as you were, boys. So I wouldn't be majorly put off with them just yet. Um, But obviously, once a new manager comes in, we may see a change of system. But I mean, to be quite honest, you could just go and slot me into that manager's job right now, and I would just carry on asking them to do what they've been doing already. So, yeah, I, w- I still wouldn't be put off Brighton assets there. And then Leeds are at home to Nottingham Forest in Monday night football's match, um, which I think Leeds always seem to do well. I've got absolutely no data to back it up, but Leeds always feel like they do quite well uh, under the lights at home with all the crowd behind them. And that could be quite a high scoring game, particularly for the attackers. I wouldn't back the Leeds defenders in that match, but uh, yeah, it could be a good game for the attackers on both sides. Otherwise, there's quite a few uh, evenly matched games. We've got uh, Leicester and and Villa, Southampton and Brentford, um, West Ham and Newcastle, uh, City and Spurs, uh, although shouldn't be too hard that one, should be a comfortable win for Spurs there. Um, And then elsewhere, Liverpool are home to Wolves, they'll be hoping to bounce back from that embarrassing defeat to Napoli. Arsenal at home to Everton, that could be um, quite an embarrassing scoreline for the Toffees and United are away to Palace, which would be interesting. That's quite a good test for this uh, newly reinvigorated Man United squad. The other main piece of uh, fixture news is that it was announced yesterday that uh, uh, next week's match uh, in game week eight between Palace and Brighton has been postponed um, due to uh, train strikes, so fans not able to travel to the game. No news yet as to when that will be rearranged. It could be much later in the season. Um, which is slightly annoying because lots of us will have stacked up on Brighton assets and probably a fair few Crystal Palace assets as well, um, especially given um, Brighton's fixture run in general. So depending on who you've got from Brighton, you might think now is the time to uh, to move them on. Um, it's just whether or not you think it's worth holding them for that away match to Bournemouth. I'd argue it probably is. But if we then look beyond that, they've then obviously got the blank. They then go away to Liverpool. They're then at home to Spurs and then away to Brentford um, before the fixtures start to turn again. So you might actually think it's worth moving them on for a few weeks. As far as Palace are concerned, they're obviously at home to United this week. They then blank. Uh, They're then at home to Chelsea in game week nine, and then the fixtures turn around for them again in game week 10. So again, you may want to drop some of those guys for a couple of weeks um, if there are better options out there, and I doubt many people are going to go hoovering them up and take them away from you. Uh, when the fixtures swing around in game week 10. Now, my first pick is Nathan Aki for Manchester City. Walker was injured at the end of the Aston Villa game. Not sure as it stands how serious it is, but it seems like the weekend could be too soon. And if that's the case, we could see Aki come in for a run of Premier League games. Now, the lineup for their Champions League game on Tuesday was interesting because they started with um, two new signings in the back four. Cancelo was at right back, Diaz was at left centre back. They then had a Kanji slot straight in next to Diaz and Sergio Gomez play the full 90 minutes at left back. Aki was on the bench and didn't feature in that game, which leads me to believe he will probably play at least uh, in some position against Spurs at the weekend. I would doubt that Sergio Gomez would start against Spurs. I could be wrong, but I would doubt it. So I would anticipate that Cancelo remains at right back. Uh, Aki would come in at left back 
Um, and given that Stones and Laporte are also injured, uh, we should probably see Diaz and Akanji again at centre-back, which I'm sure the Spurs attackers would be very interested in. But yeah, I'd be surprised if City lined up with the same defence they did on Tuesday. Um, Pep seems to trust Aki quite a lot, uh, and I'm sure he'll slot in somewhere. Next, just wanted to mention Kieran Trippier. He's only owned in two-thirds of eight-team draft leagues at the moment, which means he's somehow available in a third of eight-team leagues. Newcastle have West Ham, a home game against Bournemouth, away to Fulham, and then home to Brentford in the next few games. So plenty of good scoring opportunities for all of their squad players. Another one to mention is Romero for Spurs. I'm not saying he's a shout ahead of City away. Um, In fact, I'm definitely not saying that. But he is available, again, similar to Trippier, in a third of leagues and as a nailed on starter for one of the best defences in the league should have a much higher uptake than that. Now the next guy was somebody I was hyping quite a lot in the pre-season draft rankings and uh, had him at a decent spot on my draft day ranks and that is Sinestra for Leeds, one of their new signings this summer. Um, Unfortunately got injured at the beginning of the season so we haven't seen him until the last couple of weeks but he's now started two games in a row and scored on each occasion. Um, Given that James has left and uh, and Rodrigo is obviously out as well. He's pretty much nailed on to start moving forward. And they do have some very nice fixtures. As I mentioned earlier, they've got Forrest at home on Monday night. Tricky fixture away at United in game week eight. Um, but their run then goes Villa at home, Palace away, Arsenal at home, Leicester away, Fulham at home. So um, some pretty good scoring opportunities for him there. His ownership is reasonably high. It's pushing 80%. Um, but for one in five of you, he is there in the waiver pile uh, and would be a very worthwhile addition. Next is Maxwell Cornet for West Ham. Very unlucky not to get that equaliser awarded uh, in their away match at Chelsea at the weekend, which would have given him a good score. West Ham are at home to Newcastle this week. Uh, They then go away to Everton, home to Wolves, and then at home to Fulham. So, uh, and then away to Southampton, actually. So they've got pretty nice little set of games now to try and get their season back on track. So the league table probably is slightly unfair to how well they've played so far. It's definitely not been a return to the free-flowing football we saw last season. But uh, I think once the, the right pieces are in the right holes, we will start to see them get back to that. And for me, sooner rather than later, that will see Cornet in the starting eleven. Another player who had lots of hype pre-season is Leon Bailey for Villa. Um, I was slightly cooler on him pre-season just because I wasn't really sure um, how much game time he would actually get. And and from what we've seen so far, it still has been reasonably patchy. But he has started the last two games. He's played full 90 minutes, was really good in that game against City at the weekend, uh, took his goal really well. And I think for the time being, he will have got Steven Gerrard's trust. Now, um, if you look down the uh, FDR ticker on uh, the official site it looks like an absolute sea of green for Villa in terms of their games at the moment Um, I would just be slightly cautious on it Um, away to Leicester they'll be looking for a result at the moment Um, away to Leeds in game week nine Uh, home to Chelsea is apparently a three on their fixture difficulty rater Um, but aside from that they do they do have a reasonably good run of games I mean in there they've got Southampton at home uh, Fulham away Brentford at home uh, Forest away and as I said I reckon Bailey is uh, has done enough probably to get a starting spot for the next few weeks. Bailey's ownership is just 7% in 18 leagues so many have got impatient with his inconsistent starts uh, but all that means is for more than 90% of you out there in an 18 league Leon Bailey is available this week and another player well worth considering. Uh, Pascal Gross I'm not going to say much on Gross again that I haven't already 
said already, but he's an example of a guy that masses are buying in normal FPL, um, where obviously they have the choice of everyone depending on funds, and he's still only taken in just over half of eight team leagues. His ownership should be pushing towards 100% in most leagues, unless there's only two of you in your league. But even then, I reckon we could make a case for him. He is one of the most informed players in the league. He passes the eye test. The numbers look good. Um, the fixture certainly this week is good and there's not really much more uh, to be said to make a case for him. Another quick mention for Isaac from Newcastle, his ownership um, still only around 30% in eight team leagues following the waivers ahead of game week six. That's far too low. Um, I expect many uh, who, who missed out on him last week will have got him penciled in for a waiver this week and I imagine he will be quite high up on the wavered in ahead of the next waivers. Also wanted to mention Dominic Solanke for Bournemouth. His ownership is just under 7%. So again, he's a player very widely available. They're at home to Brighton this week, away to Newcastle in game week eight, at home to Brentford in nine, and then at home to Leicester in 10. Now, if Bournemouth are going to have any chance of staying in the Premier League, for what it's worth, I don't believe they will stay in the Premier League. They need to get a few wins uh, from these matches. These are very winnable games for them. You should be confident after that massive 3-2 comeback win over Forest in game week six. And if they are going to get any points from these games, Dominic Solanke is going to have to be in the goals and playing really well. So he could be uh, a decent option if you've got a sort of a streaming striker spot that, uh, that you can afford to give up for a few weeks. And finally from the main picks is Armando Brozier for Chelsea. We obviously know what he's about from his time on loan at Southampton last season. Um, we've seen him get a few substitute appearances uh, already for Chelsea this year. We've obviously now got the arrival of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, which will quite obviously impact his game time. But I imagine the arrival of Graham Potter is definitely a positive for Brozier. He seems like exactly the type of player that Potter will really like and can, I'm definitely sure, find a spot in his system for. The physicality, the pace, uh, the runs between the centre-back and full-back, uh, the finishing ability. There aren't too many Chelsea players who actually have that whole package. You could argue that Aubameyang is the closest um, that fills that role, and I'm sure as I said, I'm sure Aubameyang will be given the nod most of the time, given his experience and the fact that Chelsea need to be dug out of a little bit of a hole. Um, but I can certainly see Brozier getting plenty of opportunities this season. Um, and I know a few people have already picked him up already. He's currently owned in our draft league as a bit of a punt. Um, and I would probably, if you can afford to, um, I wouldn't be against holding him on the back end of your bench just to see what happens with the arrival of Potter over the next few weeks. In terms of hidden gems, I've sort of already covered a few in my main section, um, but I think you could argue for some of the Brighton defenders this week. Uh, certainly as a one-week punt, the likes of Webster um, are still owned in less than 10% of leagues. If you want to back their opponents, Leicester, Castagna is only taken up in uh, around 8% of leagues. Nico Williams for Forrest, who's actually had possibly the most shots out of any defender in the game so far. Um, he's taken in just 8% of leagues and they have leads away, which, you know, shouldn't uh, shouldn't stop him from continuing to get some of those uh, attacking stats up. A couple of other strikers to keep an eye on would be Ian Acho and Daka. Um, Ian Acho's ownership is slightly higher at 12%, but Daka is down in hidden gem territory at just 7%. Uh, and given how well they played last weekend, um, despite that loss, there's definitely a chance one or both of them continues to uh, continues to play. Rico Henry uh, for Brentford is owned in just 6% of teams. They go away to Southampton this week. And his fellow fullback, Hickey, uh, owned in just 2%. Obviously, some of the big new signings that mentioned in the uh, summer transfer pod last weekend. 
um, who weren't available in last week's waivers will be will be high up on everyone's list this week. So obviously their ownership currently stands at zero percent with uh, the two main options of Bamiyang and Anthony. Um, so don't forget they're there. If you're bottom of the league and struggling, you're going to want to pick one of those two up. Obviously, Anthony now leads the way with his single goal, um, but I would still opt for Aubameyang over Anthony if given a straight choice. My most hidden gem pick this week, which is play with less than 10% ownership in a 16-team draft league, is Lewis Potter for Brentford. Not 100% he'll start, but we've started to see him a little bit more lately. Um, he's now got his first attacking return. I still really like him. I've already mentioned him quite a lot in my preseason prep, um, and I expect we will start to see a lot more of him as he gets more integrated into the team. So yeah, at just uh, 9% ownership in 16-team leagues, he would be my most hidden gem pick this week. On the get rid list, uh, I've put Doxy on there for Spurs. Till something drastically changes, it looks like Emerson Royale is going to continue to play at right wing back. Wolves new signing, uh, their new striker Kalajdzic, um, unfortunately injured and looks to be out for a while, having just played half a match uh, on his debut. So for those who took a punt on him early, um, I can't remember if he was even in the game, but if not, um, then 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 ignore that. But he's not an option at the moment if you were looking at him. So yeah, they're probably the main, the main ones to get rid of. On the trade chat this week, got a message from Kartik, who I know has been a long-term listener of the podcast, uh, one of our biggest supporters. He messaged to say hi. Looking to trade Sancho and Brozier potentially for Mares and either Isak or Bamiang, depending on who gets wavered in. They have a similar rule to our draft league, which was that the the new uh, the new transfers were embargoed um, until after the window was shut. Um, it says he's worried about Mares's minutes uh, and Bamiang's uh, inefficiency, but the upside obviously is that Sancho. Um, should be splitting time with Rashford, even if Ronaldo works himself back into the 11. Um, he said Ezek would have been his first choice, but the double up with Wilson is probably not ideal. So yeah, so for their waivers this week, they've got the likes of Ezek, Bamiang, Anthony, Paqueta all available. Interesting. So his original question, so Sancho and Brozier for Mares and one of the new guys. Yeah, I mean, we really haven't seen a hell of a lot of Mares this season. I thought we'd see him a little bit more than we have done. The arrival of Alvarez seems to have just kept him uh, in his place, even though Sterling's left. Brozier, I've obviously mentioned on the pod. Sancho looks to be starting to come into some form. But then on the other side, you do have uh, the potential to get one of those new guys in Isak or Bamiang. I think if it was me, I'd probably rather have Mares plus Isak or Bamiang over Sancho and Brozier. Brozier is very much uh, a punt. He's not really a major option at the moment. And Sancho, I'm still not 100% convinced with. Just, well, he's doing fine, but compared to uh, what Isak or Aubameyang could do, and even what Mares could do, given one or two injuries for City, they've been reasonably lucky at the moment. You know, obviously, they've got their defensive injuries, but in, in attack, everyone seems to be okay. Graylish has been out, but he's not really been um, first choice anyway. So yeah, I think I'd probably go Mares plus one of the new guys. Um, either one, Isaac or Aubameyang, I, still, I would take in that trade option over Sancho and Brozier um, for sure. And another thing that Kartik's pointed out is that the rest of his midfield is uh, Bruno Fernandes, Ward-Prowse, Sinestra and Mount. So he's got a very solid midfield there. Um, he's obviously got Bruno Fernandes for the Man United cover. Um, so he still has that. Um, Mares would just diversify him a little bit more. And then he, he upgrades massively in attack. Um, he's also got Callum Wilson. So uh, I think if he could get a Bamiang, would definitely be uh, a, a good upgrade. 
So that's it for this episode. Sorry, it's coming quite late in the week. Um, it's been a very busy week work-wise. Um, if you go and head over to draftfc.co.uk, you'll see that the starting lineup predictions ahead of the weekend have been updated. Um, it's actually really good fun doing those predictions for the season. I think we've had pretty decent success so far. Um, and I know many of you have commented already to say that you're finding those useful. I'm sure most of you will have checked out draftfc.co.uk already, but if this is the first time listening to the pod or seeing our stuff, then do head over there and sign up. You can get a seven-day free trial, which gives you access to all of our dashboards. The personal dashboard gives a full breakdown of your draft league and how you're scoring points. Um, it also does that for all your draft leagues if you're in more than one, and you'll also get access to the global dashboard, which gives you all the ownership data that I refer to in this podcast. Um, and probably less relevant now, but you also get access to all of our draft rankings, which I will be updating now that the transfer window has shut. Um, I think some people do still like to look at those, particularly when trying to make waiver decisions uh, with the toss-up between two players. They'll have a look at the rankings, see who I've got higher, and pump for those over the other one. The main thing to be aware of with the rankings, particularly now the season is underway, is that they are um, rest-of-season rankings. So they are, who do I think is going to end up with the highest points tally come the end of the season. So that might not necessarily mean that uh, it's 100% relevant to your waivers this week, depending on the fixtures. Um, so that's just another thing to bear in mind. But yeah, still a few European games to play this evening. So make sure um, you keep an eye on those and make sure there weren't any major injuries that could affect your moves and team lineups ahead of the weekend. As always, best of luck with your waivers and draft matchups this weekend. And as always, stay shook. Sure.